Hello and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor S.F. Walker and I'm here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world and today we look at how not to be wrong, the hidden maths of everyday life by Jordan Ellenberg. Math wars. On one side, you have teachers who favor an emphasis on memorization, fluency, traditional algorithms, and exact answers. On the other, teachers who think math teaching should be about learning meaning developing ways of thinking, guided discovery, and approximation. Sometimes the first approach is called traditional and the second reform. Although the supposedly non-traditional discovery approach has been around in some form for decades. And whether reform truly counts as a reform is exactly what's up for debate. Fierce debate. How the law of large numbers work, not by balancing out what's already happened, but by diluting what's already happened with new data, until the past is so proportionally negligible that it can be safely forgotten. Dividing one number by another is mere computation. Figuring out what you should divide by is what is mathematics. People use mathematics to get a handle on problems ranging from every day. How long should I expect to wait for the next bus? To the cosmic. What did the universe look like three trillionths of a second after the Big Bang? But there's a realm of questions out beyond cosmic questions about the meaning and origin of it all. Questions you might think mathematics could have no purchase on. But never underestimate the territorial ambitions of mathematics. You want to know about God? There are mathematicians on the case. The idea that earthly humans can learn about the divine world by rational observation is a very old one. As old according to the 12th century Jewish scholar Maimonides, as monotheism itself. <coughs> Improbable things happen a lot. Aristotle, as usual, was here first. Despite lacking any formal notion of probability, he was able to understand that it is probable that improbable things will happen. Granted this, one might argue that with what is improbable is actually probable. Once you've truly absorbed this fundamental truth, the Baltimore stockbroker has no power over you. That the stockbroker handed you 10 straight good stock picks is very unlikely. That he handed somebody such a good run of picks given 10,000 chances, it's not even remotely surprising. 
the more chances you give yourself to be surprised, the higher your threshold for surprise had better be. If a random internet stranger who eliminated all North American grains from his food intake reports that he dropped 15 pounds and his eczema went away, you shouldn't take that as powerful evidence in favor of the maze-free plan. Somebody's selling a book about the plan. And thousands of people bought the book and tried it. And the odds are very good that by chance alone, among them, one will experience some weight loss and clear skin the very next week. And that's the guy who's going to log in as say goodbye to corn and post his excited testimonial while the people for whom the diet failed stay silent. Every time you encounter the results of a medical, psychological, or economic research study, you're very likely reading about something that was vetted by a significance test. But the unease Darwin noted about this unsafe method of arguing has never really receded. For almost as long as the method has been standard, there have been people who branded it a colossal mistake. Back in the 1966, the psychologist David Bacon wrote about the crisis of psychology, which in his view was a crisis in statistical theory. The test of significance does not provide the information concerning psychological phenomena characteristically attributed to it. A great deal of mischief has been associated with its use. To say it out loud is, as it were, to assume the role of a child who pointed out that the emperor was really outfitted only in his underwear. And here we stand, almost 50 years later, with the emperor still in office and still cavorting in the same birthday suit despite the ever-larger and more clamorous group of children broadcasting the news about his state of undress. The age of big data is frightening to a lot of people, and it is frightening in part because of the implicit promise that algorithms sufficiently supplied with data are better at inference than we are. Superhuman powers are scary. Beings that can change their shape are scary. Beings that rise from the dead are scary. And beings that can make inferences that we cannot are scary. So if corporations with access to big data are still pretty limited in what they know about you, what's so wrong about it? Well, try worrying about this. Suppose. A team at Facebook decides to develop a method for guessing which of its users are likely to be involved in terrorism against the United States. Mathematically, this is not so different from the problem of figuring out whether a Netflix user is likely to enjoy Ocean's 13. Consider this case. 
which is simpler, but of the same nature. Would you rather have $50,000 or would you rather have a 50-50 bet between losing one hundred and gaining $200,000? The expected value of the bet is one-half times the minus $100,000 plus one-half times the $200,000 equals $50,000, which is the same as the cash. Mathematics is also a means by which we can reason about the uncertain, taming it, if not altogether domesticating it. It's been that way since the time of Pascal, who started by helping gamblers understand the whims of chance and ended up figuring the betting odds on the most cosmic uncertainty of all. Math gives us a way of being unsure in a principled way, not just throwing up our hands and saying, oh, but rather making a firm assertion. I am not sure. This is why I am not sure. And this is roughly how not sure I am. Or even more, I am unsure and you should be too. You might, after all, be wrong. If the statement you think is true is really false, all your efforts to prove it is doomed to be useless. Disproving by night is a kind of a hedge against a gigantic waste. But there is a deeper reason. If something is true and you try to disprove it, you will fail. We are trained to think of failure as bad. But it's not all bad. You can learn from failure. When you try to disprove a statement one way and you hit a wall, and you hit another wall. Each night you try, each night you fail, each night a new wall. And if you're lucky, those walls start to come together into a structure. And that structure is the structure of the proof of the theorem for if you have really understood what's keeping you from disproving the theorem. You very likely understand in a way inaccessible to you before why the theorem is true. The mathematicians encountered in this book are not just punctures of unjustified certainties, not just critics who count. They found things and they built things. Galton uncovered the idea of regression to the mean. Condesert built a new paradigm for social decision-making. Bullai created an entirely novel geometry, a strange new universe. Shannon and Hemming made a geometry of their own, a space where digital signals lived instead of circles and triangles. Walt got the armor on the right part of the plane. Every mathematician creates new things, some big, some small. All mathematical writing is creative writing. And the entities we can create mathematically are subject to no physical limit. They can be finite or infinite. They can be realizable in our observable universe or not. This sometimes leads outsiders to think of mathematicians of voyagers in a psychedelic realm of 
dangerous mental fire, staring straight at vision that would drive lesser beings mad, sometimes indeed being driven mad themselves. What's true is that the sensation of mathematical understanding, of suddenly knowing what is going on with total certainty, all the way to the bottom, is a special thing attainable in few if any other places in life you feel you've reached into the universe's guts and put your hand on the wire. It is hard to explain to the people who haven't experienced it. Logic forms a narrow channel through which intuition flows with vastly augmented force. When are you going to use it? You've been using mathematics since you were born, and you probably will never stop. Use it well. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning. Thank you. Love and respect.